Hello comrades, we meet again. This episode will explain the Russian counteroffensives, pushing the German army from USSR territory and the end to World War II on the eastern side. If you remember from my previous episode, I talked about Moscow siege. Hitler had anticipated that the Russians would have surrendered after three months of heavy bombing and continuous attacks, but the Soviet army held its positions. Since Hitler planned for a short war, his army was unprepared for the cold Russian winter. Lacking winter clothing, food, and supplies, the Nazi soldier died out due to malnutrition, diseases, and hyperthermia in the extreme Russian winter temperatures. The large blitzkrieg armies were reduced man by man, battalion by battalion. The oil inside tanks was freezing up, so all mobile artillery was unavailable. As, as the last straw, Stalin called his winter troops from the Siberian front. These troops were outfitted with special snow gear and were trained to fight in, in brutal winter conditions. With all these factors, the German army had no choice but to retreat from Moscow. By 1942, two major Russian cities have broken their blockade. The one remaining city was Leningrad, the former Russian capital. It had been under siege since 1941, cut from all supplies. While Hitler anticipated that the Finnish recruits would take the city from the north, they decided to stop 100 miles from the town after reclaiming their land which they lost during the Russian-Finnish War. During Leningrad's blockade, according to History.com, In 1942, 650,000 citizens died from starvation, disease, exposure, and injuries suffered from the siege and the continual German bombardment with artillery. Finally, a Russian counteroffensive attack broke the blockade on January 7, 27, 1944. With the German army weakened, the Soviets began to counterattack. Just as the Nazis had plowed through eastern Russia, the Red Army spread through the European part of the motherland, taking back city by city, village by village. The one of the most noteworthy battles happened near the small town of Kursk, Belarus. While it was a typical small city, it had a crucial strategic geographic location to lose or win for both armies. So the Battle of Kursk became the largest armor battle in history and included, according to World War II book by H.P. Wilmot, Charles Messenger and Robin Cross, two army groups, 900,000 men, 2,380 tanks and assault guns, 10,000 artillery pieces, and 2,500 aircraft, just for the Nazi side. The Soviets had 1.3 million men, including 75 infantry div divisions, positioned 100 artillery guns, 3,500 tanks, and, and self-propelled guns, and used 350,000 civilians to strengthen the railroad network. All of this was overseen by General and Field Marshal Grigory Zhukov. The battle continued for almost a month, and in the end, the Soviets won in Hitler's dream of capturing Russia. But the winning came with a significant number of casualties and a loss of armor. As the Red Army moved through Eastern Europe, they discovered the Nazi concentration camps. From the Western Front, Allied troops found them as well. The whole world was shocked by the cruelty and anti-humane practices Nazis used in these extermination camps. During the summer of 1944, the Red Army has crossed the Oder and was advancing into eastern Germany, and the Western Allies were moving towards Berlin likewise. While the Allies on the west still have to go 1,500 kilometers, the Soviet Army just has to go 350 kilometers to reach Berlin. By that time, more and more people in Nazi Germany realized that there is no hope in winning the war. Germany was on the brink of collapse. The leadership failed to accept the defeat and prolong the ine in inevitable. As the last attempt, Nazis recruited civilians to develop the home territory, the Volkstrom. Finally, in April of 1945, Red, the Red Army reached Berlin, the capital city of Nazi Germany. The Nazis set up a ring of defenses that would hopefully stop the Soviet Red Army. At the same time, Western Allied bombs Berlin almost daily. 
Soviet reputation for savagery didn't let German soldiers surrender. They believed that they would be killed anyway or sent to the Gulag, so they kept fighting. In contrast, on the western side, the situation was opposite. German troops surrendered in mass colonies, knowing that they would be treated according to the Geneva Convention. On the Soviet side, after long years of bloody war and loss of millions of people, the army finally reached Berlin. Their final objective was to take the Reichstag, or the German Parliament building. As said on encyclopedia.ushmm.org, the German army was encircled in Berlin on April 21st. On April 25th, Soviet advanced patrols met American troops at Torgu on the Elibe River in central Germany, effectively cutting the country in half. After more than a week of heavy fighting in the streets of Berlin, Soviet units neared Hitler's Central Command bunker. After a few brutal days of fighting, the Soviet army succeeded in putting a flag on top of the ruins of the Reichstag. On May 7th, Soviet forces captured the Reich Councilry and, the, and Germany unconditionally surrendered. After the Capulation Treaty, Stalin, Truman, and Churchill discussed what is going to be the world's fate after the destruction of the Third Reich. They have agreed to split Europe into two portions, the East, where the Soviet Union would have fair elections to ask whether the Eastern country would join the USSR or not, and on the West, the Western allies would provide aid to the Western countries. After four years of prolonging the decision, Stalin finally agreed to send some Soviet armies to attack Japan and help the Allied troops defeat the last standing Axis power. World War II is the bloodiest conflict in history. According to the National World War II Museum, there are 15 million military personnel dead, 25 million wounded, and 45 million civilians dead. But these numbers might be incomplete. Many historians estimate that the total number could be up to 75 or 80 million casualties for both military and civilians. Most of Europe and Asia were reduced to ruins, and the borders were redrawn, which led to many long-lasting problems in the future, including the Cold War. In conclusion, the Soviet Union had a significant impact on the Third Reich defeat that could not be diminished. This war transformed a developing country that was insignificant to the major countries into a global superpower that is playing a significant role in balancing power. This concludes part two of the series of the role on the Eastern Front in World War II. Thank you so much for being a fantastic listener, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Remember to contact me at danielnyankovsky at gmail.com with any questions or comments. It is essential to know all sides of the story. As Marcus Graven said, a people without the knowledge of their past and history is like a tree without roots.